0: Eliminate lifelong fears. Live outside of time. Rediscover true joy. Who are you and why are you here? Walk in balance. Join us in giving a warm welcome to the Wawan Institute's Wisdom Keepers.
1: Misa Shiwa. Listen to me. Now is the time. Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas!
1: It's Christmas 2018. I'm Kelly talking here in Pavlovic.
0: Jim Great Elk Waters.
1: We hope you are snug as a bug with your family celebrating this day and that so far you've gotten everything from Santa that you wished for and then some.
0: Absolutely. And the TV is just going to be filled with entertainment that that each of you individually will will be able to find something that will make you happy. Today is a great day. I hope that the gifts have come to you, have been the kind of gifts that you really need, that you really want, that make you feel better. And I hope the gifts that you've given are the same.
1: So we thought it might be fun today to talk about Christmas tradition in our household both Jim and myself grew up in Christian households that celebrated Christmas every year and you know every household has their own twist on the holiday every household has something that they do that might be a little bit unique from the next family down the street a lot of things are the same but some things are just unique in my household the thing that was unique was that we would have two gift opening sessions. We would have one um, at our house, and we would have one on my um, aunt and uncle's and cousin's house on the next street. And we would spread it out over two different days. And I'm not exactly even sure how this got started. I think I vaguely remember that, that it got started in my house, that I was allowed to open one gift on Christmas Eve, and I could choose which one it was from under the tree. And then somehow it migrated to we were all opening all of our gifts on Christmas Eve. And the other tradition that we had on Christmas Eve was that we always had the food for that night was always this large party tray of cold cuts. Ironically, we would always get it from the best Jewish deli in town that we could find and would have them make up this great party tray and then potato salad and macaroni salad and dill pickles and rye bread and white bread and different kinds of cheeses and my grandmother would have been baking for probably weeks by then with christmas cookies and the fruit cakes that i I told you about a couple weeks ago and that was our tradition to to open our gifts in our family on christmas eve have this wonderful um nosh, basically, of, of sandwiches, cold-cut sandwiches and salads and uh, Christmas cookies and, and the fruitcake and the rum balls had to be there. <laughs> and then the next day, either we would go to my Aunt Shirley and Uncle Larry's house or they would most likely come to our house and my grandmother would make this huge feast. There would be a a turkey and a lot of the same food that we had at Thanksgiving, but maybe a little bit of a twist on them here and there. And the whole family would get together. Those two households would get together and exchange more gifts with my cousin. And basically, it was just a a two-day-long celebration. And then once in a while, we'd go to a late-night church service. Yeah, Yeah, well, we weren't Catholic, but a late-night church service at, like, midnight or something like that. That was more unusual, but once in a while it would happen. There was just a bit of breath-holding there because Grace Stoke the Cat, our uh, vice president in charge of customer relations, just jumped down right near the tripod and almost knocked it over. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the joy of having
0: animals in the household. <laughs> you know, and your, your Christmas celebrations are similar to ours. Uh, in the early days of, of uh, our, my family, my, my remembrance days, there were six children and uh, usually an aunt or uncle or some family vi- or friend visiting. And we lived in a, a southern Ohio down along the Ohio River. And it was usually pretty cold during that, during that time oh, frame. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and we heated with coal stoves. We had a, a coal stove in the living room, a warm morning stove, and it put out tons of heat close, but you got 15 feet away, and you could feel icicles forming oh on your face. Gosh. And then this uh the the other room, the dining room and cooking, cooking area, we first had a kitchen coal stove we cooked on a flat iron uh, cast iron coal stove. our christmases the christmas tree was uh went up on the hill, and dad would would cut the Christmas tree down and we'd haul it back down and put it up in the corner next to the piano.
1: When would you do that? How soon before Christmas would you do that?
0: It was usually would happen just the day before Christmas. Oh, wow. And we would decorate the Christmas tree that night and put our stockings out and hopeful that uh, everything would be gifted to us in that good way with our stocks, socks. And usually they were just full of all kinds of wonderful things. We weren't impoverished because we always had food and we always had shelter. But we were also uh, not a not a wealthy family by any means. In fact, I believe in 1950 or 1951, the annual income from my my mom and dad for our our household was uh, fifteen hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! That was it. But we didn't know we were we didn't know we were poor, and we did not allow that to bother us. And of course, we had family that took care of us also, grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins. So it was a sharing time. We would uh, go to bed that night and uh, we would cuddle under our our blankets, partly because uh, we didn't want to keep Santa from coming down the chimney. (laughs) We never could figure out how he could get down the chimney when that fire was burning, so burning, so warm, in the warm morning stove uh, that had been banked for the evening. And we also didn't want to get out because it was too darn cold. It was just so cold, it was unbelievable. We got up in the morning and we'd gather around the tree, and we would have uh, uh, sing some Christmas songs, some carols, and gifts would be passed out. Dad would pass out, or or our eldest sister Cora would pass out the gifts, and each one of us would open our gifts and and show everyone what we had received. The stockings were uh, uh, always a special treat because in there there was always the. Uh, uh, the traditional balsa wood flyer plane that oh. you put together. And also, every year in my sock was one of those flyback balls attached with a rubber on a ping pong paddle. Oh, the
1: paddle, yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, I, bling 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 bling. I can never hit the darn thing. I can thing. still
1: smell the rubber of that ball.
0: But you know, I, I would have that for like three days, and the string would break, <laughs> and the ball would uh, be, I'd use the ball for all kind of things. And the, the, the paddle would disappear. But it would miraculously reappear Let when I guess. did something exactly. wrong. I got more blisterings <laughs> from my Christmas gift. You cannot, I could never put it together. I mean, you know, it was just, oh, I got a great gift. Look, I'm going to try it this year. I'm going to master this. I'm. You know, three days later, the ball's broken. <laughs> never mind. Christmas was like that. We would go up to church and we'd spend a church morning, late morning service at the Methodist church right up the street from where we lived. The street was a, a, a gravel street and uh, usually was covered with snow, which is also something that would happen on that, that holiday in that time period where the uh, the menfolk of the community would either get a, a John Deere tractor or a, a truck that could really pull. And they would put a rope out behind it. For sleds? And, for sleds. Oh. You'd grab a hold of the rope and sit on your sled. <laughs> and they would tow you all over the six streets in town. <laughs> go past all the 200 people that lived in the town. Wow. And, and it was a glorious time. I know that also that uh, my family, and my dad, I think and my older brother, Capish uh, Tex, built a sled out of uh, 2x12s. And they would haul that one up uh, on Old California Road and uh, would slide it down the hill at breakneck speed as, as teenagers would do. And they also would tow it behind uh, uh, the tractor on the street or the truck on the street uh, in, the, in the town itself. But the festivities were there. And you know, Kelly, one of the things I really remember, and it's probably my most, this is silly, most poignant and, and, and still beloved thing about Christmas are those silly bubble lights. <laughs> I love the bubble lights. You know, we had them on the trees and uh, the Christmas tree, and the, and the Christmas tree was just festooned with ancient uh, glass balls. Oh my, yes. And, and, uh,
1: those lights that used to get hot.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. And the uh, tinsel oh, out, of, yeah. out, out of aluminum foil yes. that you'd hang every year, you'd, you'd hang it on the tree, and then afterwards, you'd take each one of those strands, you lay it out on cardboard oh, wow. so you could use it the next year and the tree would have an angel on top of it and the lights would flicker and if you could just imagine that cold room with the warm morning stove on opposite of it and and the fire was flickering around the door, you could see the orange lights and the yellow lights from the fire flickering onto the tree as well as the, the twinkling lights on it and the bubble lights and the packages all festooned underneath it. And it was a magical country Christmas. But I need to ask you all to keep this in mind. All of you who have traditional live trees, actually they're dead trees after you cut them, but yet when they start losing their needles, no matter how much you want to keep them around the house, I come from a family of firemen, and we need to tell you that once those needles start dropping, it's time for you to take the tree out of your house. You, You don't want to experience that 90 seconds of horror just when the tree goes up and it cannot be put out and, and your house is on fire and everything, all your Christmases has gone to, to naught because you wanted to keep the Christmas tree a little longer.
1: And you're right, that, that's, that's sobering. To go back to something a bit more joyful, that tree was always magical. I remember really enjoying laying under the tree. Especially when we had live trees in the house, because it was that smell of the evergreen, the needles, the pine, Mm -hmm. and just looking up through the branches at all the lights, twinkling or not, all the different color through that, that deep, green of the branches was just was absolutely amazing and we didn't have a fireplace so I I know I remember that we had stockings or at least I had a stocking and, and for the life of me right now I cannot remember where in the world it was hung I know there was one there because I can see it with my name written on that it was one of those red ones with the with my name written on the white you know fur kind of stuff around the cuff but we didn't we didn't have a fireplace we just we had a really healthy furnace and boy if you got cold from being outside building a snowman or playing in the snow or whatever and you stepped over that register in the floor and the furnace came on holy cow was that awesome it was just, it was instant warm and just that feeling of, of everything's going to be okay because I'm getting warm again. I remember uh, one of the things I liked about the holidays was flannel pajamas.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know a lot of people didn't like them, but there was something about that it must be the holidays because they got my, my flannel pajamas out. And I'm a child of the 70s, so I grew up with television shows. It wasn't just holiday music, but by that time the, there were television shows that had come out in the mid to late 60s that were being played every year around the holidays and still are to this day. Charlie Brown Christmas, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas is my absolute favorite, Frosty the Snowman, I always cried at the end, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I always was always rooting for the, the toys on the, on the island of misfit toys. <laughs> And what do you call it? The what was that white monster scary thing? It was it was always it was always disconcerting and then he turned nice and everybody was happy again. So I grew up with all of those television shows that came on within a, a week or so before Christmas and that was just that was Kelly's time in front of the television because it was fun to watch those those kids' shows. In fact, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of them I still watch. <clears throat> I record them on a DVR now and watch them, but I, I still watch The Grinch. and
0: Of course, and, and for me... Uh, the ultimate Christmas story is White Christmas with Bing Crosby. Oh, that
1: has become a tradition it, it, now, thanks to you. It is uh, it,
0: it is so moving yeah. because I was a war baby and all the, the men in my family were coming back. And my sister was, uh, uh, as a young man, a young boy, my sister had uh, joined the Marines and she would come in uniform and... It, it, it's just a appointed time for us. A Holiday Inn, which was a spinoff of that. Right. And what's the one with Jimmy Stewart? It's a wonderful life. <laughs> it's a life.
1: wonderful life. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What
0: great stories. Yeah. But, you know, we had another tradition in our family, and I'm sure all of you had the same tradition. You go visit Santa Claus at the, uh, at the department oh, store. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and you would, um, Santa Claus would say, you, you need to be good because I may not come to see you. Uh, Or I may put a lump of coal in your sock. (laughs) Well, folks, we're country folks. You don't put coals in socks when you only put the coal in the fire to keep it burning. But if you're really bad, and you can ask some of my family members, you actually got what we called horse apples.
1: Oh, wow. Yucky. Uh,
0: Just, you let your mind go with that. But it was horse apples in in the stocking, and you didn't get any presents. Obviously, you'll get the present after a while. But that was that moment just enough
1: to put the fear into you. (laughs) Yes, and
0: so every year you would think, "Well, I'm not going to get any presents this year because I've really been bad this year." (laughs) And there's times when I didn't, I didn't deserve one present. I tell you that much. The feasts were wonderful, the the warmth of family and friends, uh, the singing, the the caroling, the. the church services and the smelling of the oiled floors of, of the old country churches and the smell of, sweet smell of, of coal fires burning and the wood fires burning. It's all nostalgic. And whether you come from a cold area or you come from a, a warm climate, the this season of, of Christmas is special for all Christian people.
1: And before we wrap up this uh, last and final podcast for this year, I would like to ask you, Jim, to please tell the story of Mrs. Santa Claus.
0: Well, that's not fair. (laughs) My family, my dad's family, uh, George T. Waters and Jesse Ada Lucretia Price Waters, my grandmother, Ma Jesse, ran a, a small restaurant and tourist cabins and had a couple of good golf gas pumps out in front. It was on Route 52 between Cincinnati and Huntington, West Virginia, on the Ohio River. Back in that day, that was a major route that went all the way from Montana all the way over to the uh, East Coast and in South Carolina. People would make a time to come by and stop there. But it, was, it was a destination place and it was a layover place. Every year after Christmas they would take many of the profits from their year and go to uh, the, the, the cities around on the white sales in January and buy toys and clothing and books and, and other items, gifts. And all year they would store them in one of the cabins and come Christmas time they would work with the the local people to find who needed to have Christmas that were not going to have Christmas. And they would schedule to have uh, perhaps coal delivered to the house where the folks didn't have enough uh, fuel to keep their house warm for the winter. And they would make sure that every child that was on that list had a toy, had a new coat, and had a book to read. When my grandmother passed, unfortunately, in, in her middle age down in Florida having a grand time after, after Christmas and uh, when they, she passed and she was brought home for the funeral, they uh, called her Mrs. Santa Claus and our family plot set up on the hill above the store uh, overlooking the Ohio River and that's where my grandmother would set up there with her chair and just look out over her beautiful mountains of Kentucky, across and down the river. And all the people of that very impoverished Adams County and Sciota County area came together, put their pennies and nickels and dimes together to buy a beautiful, large headstone that had the inscription to Mrs. Santa Claus. And uh, it's it's so moving that it just, uh, those are pretty big boots to fill, I gotta tell you that much. And she was Mrs. Santa Claus. But I need to tell you, her husband, George T., Big Dad, was just as much a Mr. Santa Claus. They did it together. And that's our family tradition. I know each of you have family traditions. And you have things that you would want to share. Again, we would love for you to share these with us. You can write us at Keepers at wawan.org. That's Keepers at wawan.org. Or send us an instant message through Facebook any other ways go to to pawaka.com and leave a note there
1: and on that note our dear friends that story is exactly what this time of the year should be about we hope you're enjoying your family and your friends and that you're warm and that you're well fed and that most of all you're filled with joy
0: we're so thankful that you have been following us that you've been our friends in our circle those we have met those we'll never meet those who follow us and find value from what we share We hope you will continue. We send this prayer up for you that the blessings of this holiday season be your gift for the future.
1: From our house to yours, Merry, Merry Christmas. We'll meet you back here next week to talk about New Year's, the traditions, and talk a little bit about resolutions. Have a wonderful week.
0: Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas!
1: This has been a production of the Wawan, copyright 2018. For more information on the Society and Institute, visit Pawaka.com, P-O-W-A-K-A.com, and WEWAN.org, W-E-W-A-N.org.